From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe, equal parts mental exercise and junk food. Kind of like competitive eating, maybe being a backup on a beer league team. I I think that's the physical version of our stuff. Yeah, we are your paradoxical hosts, Taylor and Chelsea, here today bringing you a little bit of uh, news out of Africa. Now, Chelsea, I assume you're kind of on the same side as me, as unless it's absolutely massive news, you're not going to hear about it when it comes out of Africa. It's a continent that media often neglects. I can't say I keep up on it. That's for sure. There's a story that came out of Africa that was huge in the early part of the year that I think was missed by most people. I'm going to go over it, give you a little bit of history about it before we actually get to the thing that happened itself. So Chelsea, are you ready to learn about a little group called the Good News International Church and a man by the name of Paul McKenzie? I'm always ready to learn about that, specifically what you just said. Yes, good, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's called the Good News Church. Like, it's got to be good news coming out of it, right? Has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Your discretion advised on this episode. I'm assuming you're not going to tell me otherwise, especially after just saying that. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Anyhow, the Good News International Ministries, or more commonly known as the Good News International Church, is often called the Shakahola Cult, and it's led by a man by the name of Paul Ntenge McKenzie. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing it right, but I also saw it pronounced Ntenge, so I'm going to call him Paul McKenzie for the most part throughout this article. Prior to founding the Good News International Church, In 2003, Paul McKenzie had a fairly modest background. He was the fifth child from a large family in Mombasa, Kenya. And after completing his school exams, he initially worked as a street vendor and later became a cab driver. Before founding the church, he worked as the taxi driver in Nairobi from 1997 to 2003, born in 1972. Around 20 years ago, Paul claimed to have received a divine calling to start his own church. He founded the Good News International Church in 2003 with his first wife. The church started as a small evangelical center in Kenya and quickly gains followers, primarily due to Mackenzie's charismatic leadership and his ability to convince his followers that he possessed the ability to speak directly with God. Mm, of course. Now, this group is widely described as a cult, and it is adamantly anti-Western, anti-amenities such as healthcare, education, sports, those all being dismissed as evils of Western life, with Mackenzie condemning things such as the United States, the United Nations, and the Catholic Church as, quote, tools of Satan. And I've actually read a lot about this guy and watched a lot about this guy. It's really hard to say whether or not he's condemning the United States or saying the United States doesn't exist. Like, it's super hard to tell, especially because, you know, he's... The lines are that blurry. (laughs) Well, part of it is, is he doesn't speak English. He doesn't sermon in English. So... Okay. Yeah. So you've learned what language? (laughs) I have learned English, and I have stuck with English. Hard. (laughs) I thought you learned some African language. Yeah, no, I did not. Not at all. (laughs) Now, this group is heavy, heavy into the end times. It's one of those end times Christianity groups. A lot of evangelical groups are, particularly when we get to the cult side of it. They do like those. Yeah, and it bases itself off of the teachings of a man by the name of William Branham, who was a 1940s evangelical preacher out of the U.S., which is kind of where it confuses me that he's adamantly anti-U.S., but also follows this guy. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not surprised on that one, to be honest. Yes. And it should be noted that the church's teachings are not based on traditional Christian doctrines. Instead, they are rooted in end-time messages of William Branham, who I just said, who has been criticized for his controversial views as well. He's kind of the first televangelist that really, really comes out. Yeah, like early 1950s. What was his name again? Uh, William Branham. I wonder if I'd recognize him. I don't think so, but one of those really big pushes for prosperity gospel comes with him as well. It was kind of a lot of rich people in the 1940s throwing money at any pastor who says people with money are good. He comes out of that. He actually has an entire movement called Brandomism, which is basically end time preaching. Okay, continue while I live. The main parts of his sermons revolve around end time theology. The Good News International Church follows the end time message. The belief has led the church to focus much of its teachings on end times. Mackenzie has been accused of denying medical care to children, resulting mm -hmm. in several children dying over the course of the church's life. There's some pretty extreme groups that do that. They don't allow any medical intervention. Part of it is that you can learn about the group through doctor's notes, basically. If kids keep coming in like badly beaten, you'll mm -hmm. soon learn that this group yes. that is very quiet has abuse issues. And then uh, the last thing is they're adamantly against any type of government registration, which includes like social security numbers or the Kenyan equivalent. Basically anything that would- Oh, for themselves. Oh, for everybody. Like, what about the tax breaks for the church? No, there's none. Yeah, they consider Shit. that the mark of the beast. So like this nobody should have it. Yeah. Because that's one of the major reasons to start a church. Yeah, tax for sure. Benefits. Yeah. It's important to note that these teachings have led to legal issues for this church in particular, including arrests for inciting public violence against registration for Huduma Namba, which is the their social safety net in Kenya. I don't, why wouldn't they want that? Oh, because it's Marco Beast, right? Yeah. Right, you answered that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I was paying attention. So he started this church in 2003. It's reported in 2016, one of his followers sells a property of his that's worth 20 million Kenyan shekels or the equivalent of, you know what, I didn't do the conversion on this one. I would say that's probably about a million dollars, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And he gave all of his proceeds to Mackenzie. If only there were a way to find out. Yeah, if only. If only. Those tools, they just don't exist. Except that one time I used it that will come up later. Okay. So Mackenzie used money to purchase land in Malindi and Mombasa, both in Kenya, and two vehicles, and he starts a television station he uses to spread his extremist propaganda to his audience. This move is big for him, and he starts convincing other followers to follow suit, selling properties, and giving the money to the church. Mm -hmm. In 2017, Mackenzie and his second wife, Joyce Mokamba, were charged with promoting radicalization, but later declared innocent, as well as denying children access to healthcare, education, and running an unauthorized school and television station. And this is important. He doesn't consider any earthly education worthwhile, yet he has a school. And basically through his TV station and his group, he convinces children that school is not worthwhile. And if he can, he basically gets them to just come live with the church, to go to their church, to his school that is exclusively teaching about God. And we're the parents probably in the cult as well. Sometimes they're part of the cult. Sometimes it's the kids go missing and just parents don't know where they are. Yeah. The the cult. Other quick question. He has these properties. Is he registered with the government? He would have to be for the purposes of owning property. I don't yeah, think okay. he would agree with it, but for the purposes of this, and he has contradictory views of, yeah. I believe, a lot of, of times what it he is. does versus what the group is supposed yeah, to do. A lot of times that's... Yeah. 
And we will get into that. Yeah. Okay. Because of basically this television station and this unauthorized school, he ends up getting in trouble with the Kenya Film Classification Board, and they end up coming and shutting down the television station. And during this time in 2017, several children died as a result of lack of health care, and government authorities rescued 93 children from Mackenzie's church in 2017. In 2018, he was criticized by community leaders including the then Melindy MP, Aisha Mjumwa, and other activists for inciting children to drop out of school, often without parental consent. Mackenzie was acquitted in one of these two criminal cases related to these charges on October 29, 2021, while the other was dropped. And in 2017, Mackenzie and his wife faced several charges relating to the church. He was chastised for inciting students to abandon their education. During this time, he ends up amassing quite considerable wealth. He runs a number of these businesses, which included the television station at the time and his net worth probably as of this year early on was 2 billion Kenyan shekels or the equivalent of 13.5 million US dollars. Wow. And Chelsea, I need to send this to you now. He has even released songs. Like you'll get an idea of who this guy is through this. This is a song he released for part of his television channel uh, where he is wow. singing, singing a song called The Antichrist. Basically, he's talking about how terrible the Catholic Church, U.S. and the United Nations are as agents of Satan, and he keeps bringing up the New World Order. This is a strong reggae feel to it. I know! It's too upbeat for it being about the New World Order. This is weird. Yeah. Dancing around. United Nations. United Nations. So yeah, he released that on his um, TV station before it got shut down. He also talked about, uh, he had other things on there like mobile money is the devil's work, braiding hair is a sin, childhood education is unnecessary. Like these are all different things that he had playing on his unregistered television station. Oh, braiding hair is a sin. Yeah. And in 2019, he was again charged, this time for showing movies to school children that were deemed indoctrination of children, religious incitement, and disobedience of law. He is later acquitted of that again. Acquitted? Yes. Why? No idea. There's somewhat answers at the end, but we'll okay. talk about them. Okay. Now, despite Cabinet Secretary Honor... Honor... I don't know what H-O-N is actually short for. Honorable? Honorable Aisha Jim was publicly questioning his teachings and why he kept sick people in the compound instead of taking them to the hospital. No action was taken by the National Intelligence Services, the National Police, or the DCI. Not sure what the DCI is. Later on that year, Mackenzie made headlines again when four siblings went missing for over a month after leaving home to attend his church, with three eventually returning and the fourth still missing to this day. Increasing pressure from the parents of the missing children, as well as pressure from fed-up neighbors to close an unregistered school he operated in his compound, led Mackenzie to move to the Shekahola Forest. Neighbors note that many people went there, but they only saw a few return. It's important to note at this point that he buys basically an 800-acre area of the Shakahola Forest, which is near Malini, Kenya. There's no electricity, no running water on this property, and that's his compound for the church after he keeps getting in trouble with the government. Might as well move to the forest. Located not too far from the government Chakama settlement scheme, the forest is located within the Chakama Ranch, allegedly owned by a group called Chakama Ranching Limited, who claim that Mackenzie neither leased nor bought the land from them. The governor of Kalifi County, however, says the land is part of the third phase of the Chakama settlement scheme. 
Elders living in the forest claim that the land belongs to five local clans who lease the land to Mackenzie and have the documents to prove it. Temporary structures erected in the forest served as shelters for fasting individuals. It's a part of the church that will come up soon, who are required to surrender all their belongings at the entrance. Members of the church explain how they were strictly monitored and starved for up to five days at a time. Despite several red flags over the years, Pastor Mackenzie seemed untouchable. Is this guy specifically going after children? Basically, and that's gonna come up here really quick. Okay. Now, the last of the things that he teaches about that's super important to know about, he promotes mass starvation. And this is what happened in 2023. Mackenzie allegedly instructed all members of his congregation that the world was going to end on April 15th, 2023, and that they need to starve themselves en masse to meet Jesus, lest they survive the world and the Yikes. devil's uh, coming times. This results in the death of, at the recording, of this at least 428 people wow from starving starvation yes. starvation suicide. oh god uh this act of mass starvation is described as a form of religious extremism and has been widely criticized by the broader christian community so yeah this is what happened in april of 2023 he's told all of the members of his church to commit mass suicide by starvation over the following three weeks starting in april of 2023 basically what happened is a husband called in and said my wife has taken my children they have all gone to join this church i have not heard from them in a long time i need you guys to go check on them and they went and they found emaciated people people basically in huts sitting there and they're going what the hell's going on they start searching this 800 acre compound or 3.2 square kilometer compound finding shallow graves and survivors oh, who were starving to death the first bodies recovered from the graves were mostly children one of the graves was believed by police to contain the bodies of five members of the same family three children and their parents one of the graves had up to six people inside it Another grave had 12 children in it. Some of the bodies were not buried. Authorities also discovered a number of other emaciated individuals, including one who had been buried alive for three days oh my God. and was later taken to a hospital for treatment. Local authorities began requesting assistance from other jurisdictions to help with efforts at the commune. Authorities believe that unknown number of missing people were still hiding in the forest on the commune and evading authorities while continuing to fast. Authorities reported that members of the commune were actively trying to hinder their efforts to find survivors. According to testimonies to police, Mackenzie told his followers the fast would count only if they gathered together and offered them his farm as a fasting venue. They were not to mingle with anyone from the outside world if they wanted to go to heaven and were to destroy all documents given to the government, including national IDs and birth certificates. On May 26, the Interior Cabinet Secretary, Katura Kindiki, said that Mackenzie hired criminals armed with crude weapons to kill followers who changed their minds about fasting and wanted out, as well as those who took too long to die. As of May 10th, 133 deaths were reported, including eight who were rescued but later died. The majority of deaths were of children, with women being the next largest group, according to Kandiki. He additionally stated that not all deaths were by starvation, saying that there were other methods used, including hurting them, just by physical and preliminary observations. Autopsies conducted on more than 100 bodies show that the victims died of starvation, strangulation, suffocation, and blunt trauma. The Kenya Red Cross reported on April 30th that 410 individuals, including 227 minors, were missing. And as of August 2nd, the total number of reported deaths was 427. The number of reported missing was at least 613. 
As of June 15th, 95 had been rescued, and on May 25th, local news outlet K24TV noted that the exact number of people who were perished in the massacre might never be known following reports that there are instances where bodies were plunged in random deep pit latrines scattered in the expansive Chacama Ranch, where cult leader Paul McKenzie led an unknown number of his followers. On September 18th, the National reported that a total of 429 bodies have been exhumed from Shakahola Forest, and that... Quote, the latest data indicates that 214 died from starvation, 39 from asphyxia, 14 from head injuries, and 115 from uncertain and from other causes. And the reporting on this is so hard to find the actual numbers, but another article says from the standard that more than 450 bodies are suspected to be followers of Pastor Paul McKenzie's that have been exhumed. So I just want to put this into context right now. The largest mass suicide that we are aware of is the Jonestown Massacre. I was just Googling it. This is the one that everybody you hear don't drink the Kool-Aid. was actually Rite Aid, I believe they had, but that's where the saying comes from, where they all drank poisoned drinks and died on mass. That was 900 individuals, 900 some. Mm -hmm. So far, somewhere in the mid 400s, bodies have been uncovered. There's still 620 people that whereabouts are unknown and they're missing oh my god so this is the second largest mass suicide that we've ever seen wow could be the largest we don't know and this is through mass starvation it is not a single one-off event and it has largely gone unnoticed in the rest of the world. I haven't heard about it at all. On April 24th, search teams had to stop digging for bodies until autopsies were completed on the first 90 that were found because the Malindi sub-county hospital morgue was running out of space to store the bodies. Wow. On April 28th, it was reported that heavy rain was slowing rescue and recovery efforts. There's still not that much known about Paul McKenzie. He's had three wives. I could not find anything about even how many kids they have. He doesn't talk about it and... There's no big, really huge news stations that were looking at this, so there was no in No, why would there, especially yeah. coming out of Africa, and if he's trying to avoid all of that, and he has the, all the news, the exclusive news on himself. Yeah, so he has had at least three wives, no idea how many kids he's had, or why his relationships ended. All I know is he's had three wives. But Mackenzie and his third wife, Rhoda Mumboa, Mawe, and 16 other members of his church were arrested by authorities and were being held in custody as of May 7th, 2023. Mackenzie was denied bail on May 10th, and as of June 14th, the total number arrested for this was 36. They have been charged with murder and terrorism-related offenses. Police authorities claimed that some of the bodies were missing organs, which raised suspicion of forced harvesting. However, this one might be just rumors that came out, as that couldn't be confirmed. On June 12, 65 victims were arraigned for attempted suicide. In Kenya, suicide is a misdemeanor and is punishable by up to two years in prison. Rosaline Odede, chairperson of the Kenya National Commission on Human Rights, criticized the attempted suicide charges, saying that charging the survivors with attempted suicide is inappropriate and will traumatize the survivors at a time when they are most desperately required empathy, intense psychosocial assistance, rehabilitation, and community support. The prosecution made an application to have them remanded in prison because the rescue center can no longer hold them. They also set to undergo a mental and medical assessment and be forced to eat in prison. And it should be noted at this point too, of pretty much all the survivors, last I could find of readings, the most recent reporting is they still want to follow the teachings of Paul McKenzie. Um, and it's wow. been hard to actually get them to eat. So they need severe help. Yeah, cults are crazy. 
Yeah. I can't imagine. The weird thing about this is he was in and out of prison, uh, at least being investigated so many times. How did it get to this point? Like in 2007, he was arraigned on four counts, including radicalizing and failing to take his children to compulsory primary and secondary school, which he pleaded not guilty to and was acquitted on October 29, 2021. On April 11, 2019, Mackenzie was charged with three counts, including incitement to disobedience of the law and being in possession of and distributing films to the public, which had not been examined and approved by the Kenyan Film Classification, didn't go to jail. Mackenzie was also involved in five separate miscellaneous criminal applications, one in 2017, where he and 20 others were held for seven days on grounds that they were to carry out an investigation for radicalization of children after they were found with 73 children in the church, which again, didn't end up going prison for. And in 2023, Mackenzie faced a new set of charges. He was arrested on April 15th and released, and he was later re-arrested on May 2nd. April 15th also being the day that he said would be the end of the world. There have been some reactions about this. Kenya's president, William Ruto, said Mackenzie's beliefs were were contrary to the authentic religion. It should be noted that Kenya's largest religion is Christianity. So it's not like Christianity itself is seen as a cult. No, this is the biggest group in Kenya is Christians. Mm -hmm. Ruto is quoted as saying, Mackenzie, who acts as a pastor, is in fact a terrible criminal. Terrorists use religion to advance their heinous acts. People like Mackenzie are using religion to do exactly the same thing. The cult leader and others like him should be in jail. And he appointed a commission of inquiry into the deaths and created a task force to review the regulation governing religious organizations. The Interior Cabinet Secretary, Katuri Kandiki, said this horrendous blight on our conscience must lead not only to the most severe punishment of the perpetrators of the atrocity on so many innocent souls but tighter regulation including self-regulation of every church mosque temple and synagogue going forward and on august 18th the register of societies in kenya deregistered the good news international ministry as part of government's crackdown on unscrupulous churches so the latest i could find paul mckenzie is in jail awaiting a trial this is from an article i found out of France, Paul McKenzie and his co-accused have staged a hunger strike, and his, his lawyer Wycliffe McCasembo has said, when speaking with Shanzu Court, McKenzie's lawyer said the decision was reached following the remarks uttered by Interior Secretary Kendiki, and he will ensure that the preacher serves a life sentence. He said Kandiki's statements were unlawful, demanding a fair trial for his client. As of the recording of this episode, 45 people have been apprehended in connection with this cult. Wow. Now, since this has happened, that commission that the president set up has come back with a few things. Quote, Kenya has experienced deaths linked to religious extremism in the past. However, the Shakahola tragedy has registered in the highest number of fatalities in Kenya's recorded history. It adds that the self-proclaimed pastor has faced charges way back in 2017 and all these other charges that we talked about and yet he mm -hmm. still just kept getting released so the commission of inquiry also points the failings in the local police force which has received recurring complaints by religious leaders and the local community against his activities from as early as 2017. The complaints related to Mackenzie's opposition to formal education and medical treatment, as well as radicalizing adults to resign from their jobs and join the church and holding people hostage. The reports also blamed inaction by the local county's security committee, which had summoned Paul Mackenzie and warned him against his radical teachings and subjecting followers to inhumane conditions. Like that's all he got was a reprimand. Yeah, that's crazy. As you see, for some disturbing reason, a lot of cult leaders just kind of skim by for some reason. A lot of it has to do with like the fact that it's a fairly exclusive community that they create. So mm -hmm. if you can't get in there to actually do an investigation and nobody will talk to you, what can you charge them mm. with? 
True, yeah. Basically from this, the commission has decreed current legislation as inadequate and called on the country's parliament to pass a religious organizations bill to provide a legislative framework for the regulation of religious institutions. So hopefully that will lead to something. But that's where it's at right now. I did find while I was doing this that another pastor had been charged while this was going on. A second pastor also based in Malindi was arrested a few days after Mackenzie's starvation incident occurred. At this point, I do want to talk about there was apparently a plan of how this death was going to work. Basically, there was an order of starvation. It was children, then women, then young men, then the highest members of the church, and then finally Paul McKenzie was going to commit starvation suicide. But while this was all going on, like he had a dietary plan, all the higher-ups were eating, they did not have any issues with that. Do we know why starvation, of all things? In my mind, it likely has to do with bringing you closer to Jesus because he fasted for 40 days in the desert, but I don't know okay. for sure. Yeah, you don't know for sure. Again, just English. So it was hard for me to do the research into this. Yeah. But yeah, I find it questionable whether or not he was actually going to follow through with starvation, like killing himself. Well, of course, yeah. He is on hunger strike in jail right now, but whether or not he would actually follow through to death, like I don't think he mm -hmm. would just based on what I've learned about this guy. But yeah, a second pastor also based in Melindy was arrested a few days after Mackenzie's starvation incident occurred. His name is Ezekiel Odero, pastor of the New Life Prayer Center and Church in Mavweni, Kalifi County. It was alleged that several deaths were recorded at his church between 2022 and 2023, and police believe these bodies may have been moved to Shackahola Forest. What? So there's another compound that this guy runs. It is nuts. New Life Church has its headquarters in Mavweni in Khalif County. It offers a site to behold. Ezekiel revealed the church, which sits on six and a half acres of land, has a capacity of 6,000 people. As earlier reported by tuco.co.ke, which is the place basically I use the most for my research, they have a tarmacked road with cabro paving on the sides for pedestrians, which leads to the church. And the distance from the gate to where the church building is quite long, showing just how big the land is. Footage of the compound captured by a YouTube video shows the huge church building was still under construction. And the main church features six identical metal structures built next to each other. There's a residential house and a resort on the property as well. And there's a three-story section that will act as accommodations and a resort for guests. There's also a white building with a red roof near the resort, which serves as the church's official building. Apparently it's 31 bedrooms like how big this place is. Yeah, of course. Well, like just a mansion. And the compound is vast. There are over 2,000 parking spots. Other amenities under construction include a rehabilitation center, a helipad, and cottages. Like, this place is massive. Obviously for the people in charge. Oh yeah, no, it's just to spread the word of Jesus, apparently. But yeah, yeah, of course. So this guy was told, like, they're investigating you, and he turned himself in, drove himself to the cop station in a Kenyan shekel $17 million Lexus. So it's wow. about a million dollar Lexus he drove to turn himself in. But at the time of this recording, the New Life Prayer Center and church leader, Pastor Ezekiel Odero, has been cleared by a Senate ad hoc committee investigating the deaths of Shakahola. So he's no longer under scrutiny. But again, another compound church that is just super messed up. Yeah, they basically were invited to the compound. They did a search. They didn't find any bodies or marks. So he's no longer under investigation. Okay. 
but that's where I leave off on this. It's messed up. And the fact that this hasn't gotten more traction as a story, this happened in April. They're still trying to uncover bodies. We probably will never know the final count. I mean, it's how the media works. I mean, there's so much that we don't hear about that we're focusing on. I mean, in that time, billionaires went missing trying to go to the Titanic, which is much. Other billionaires bought social media platforms and basically yeah. took them to the Titanic as well. Very important things are happening in which you wouldn't be able to cover this. There's just not enough time to cover any everything. Yeah. And let's face it, news coming out of Africa is always going to be second grade. It is for some reason. I mean, I'm flabbergasted that this hasn't been covered. I haven't heard. I watch the news every day. I haven't seen it anywhere. And I just saw it. I was just Googling various things while you talked about it, just so I can see. There's some disturbing pictures of Shakahola Forest, which exclusively brings up this. Yeah. Lots of shallow graves, which are disturbing. Another thing, Paul McKenzie was a cab driver. Yeah. I started off with that. Oh, I guess I missed that. So I just yeah. wanted to... There, you took uh, in a lot of information. I get it. I just <laughs> wanted to accentuate this fact that he came from being a cab driver. Odero, actually, the other one apparently came from a very poor upbringing as well. But like, this was focused on Mackenzie. So I focused yeah, on Yeah, this is crazy. I was a little, this is kind of dark, but a little surprised how easy the names were to pronounce. We usually have a little bit of trouble. These ones actually weren't that bad. Like Paul Mackenzie, yeah. that surprised me. I was surprised by the name when you said it. The middle names seem okay. Well, Intenge is the tribal name. I was reading an article, so they're like, oh, he's from this tribe. Like, the name very clearly says that. So oh, it's Oh, okay. The other part's westernized, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was so weird reading about this. And, like, he used to have a website about the church. Also, if you Google just Good News Church, there's probably one near you, weirdly enough. I have no idea if they're related. What? Oh, yeah, just type in Good News Church Vancouver. I don't think they're related, but, man, it's just... There's... You gotta there's think about changing your name at this point. Three. There's three. Just in the Vancouver area, correct? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, this is really crazy, and this is ongoing as well. Yeah, he hasn't even stood trial yet. And they're just trying to come up with something to be able to convict him, right? From how I'm I think it's partially it. that, and I think they want to get a full understanding of the situation before they bring all the charges. That makes sense, because it sounds like they've kept it pretty tight-lipped. Well, that was dark and disturbing, and I guess hopefully we'll have a good news update on this for the New Year's update, and it's not feeling uncertain or feel bad at all. But yeah. Who's to say it this and point. sorry guys for pulling that bait and switch with the name good news international church it was not good news no but that is no fault of your own it is not my fault <laughs> i apologize i take no blame i wonder where they came up with that name from i think it's just easy that's probably the anglicized version of it i don't know what the actual Kenyan name is for it yeah hmm. i wonder if it's just a nice name for a church if yeah. that's why there's so many. Maybe I should do some investigation, email them, ask them if I was actually going to email one of the ones in Vancouver that had like the exact same name as this one. Yeah. Just to Good see what Vancouver the relationship Church. is to this. Yeah. But I didn't get around to it because this was really hard to research. Yeah. Maybe we can do that and follow up on the New Year's episode. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't actually like that. They would not like that. <laughs> no, no, they probably wouldn't. You know how they say any press is good press? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Especially not on Journey to the Fringe. <laughs> okay, well, I feel... Informed? Depressingly enlightened is the best way I could put it now. Yeah, it's like my fringy minis, just longer, this one. Yeah, I appreciate this. I do like to be depressingly enlightened by you, which is what you oh, do good. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what you're good at. <laughs> 
And with that, I have been Taylor here with Chelsea. We are Journey to the Fringe. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. Uh